the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the Sacrament. Amen. This weekend, we celebrate the Transfiguration of the Lord. The feast occurs every year on August 6th, and when it occurs on a Sunday, the regular ordinary time readings give way to those focused on the Transfiguration. Our readings begin with a scene we've heard once before, the visions of the prophet Daniel. He's been exiled into Babylon, and one night the prophet has a dream full of visions. In Daniel's dream, he's watching thrones being set up, and the ancient one takes his throne. Daniel gives us a detailed description of this ancient one. Clothing bright as snow, hair on his head, and flames of fire as his throne. When the court is convened, we're told that the books were opened. In Hebrew culture, this is a reference to a heavenly record which kept the deeds, both good and bad, of each individual. This heavenly record appears in the book of Exodus in a scene which is probably familiar to you. Just after the Israelites worshipped the golden calf, Moses goes to the Lord and says the following, Now, if you would only forgive their sin, but if you will not, then blot me out of the book that you have written. God responds by saying that, Only the one who has sinned against me will I blot out of my book. This story shows us that to be included in the book means life, while to be omitted from the book means death. As the Ancient One checks this heavenly record, Daniel says that he sees one like a son of man coming on the clouds of heaven. Quite literally, the son of man is meant to be someone who is born of a man, a son of a man. His appearance for Daniel is very human-like. And when this Son of Man appears in the dream, he's given dominion, glory, and kingship. From there, our second reading is appropriately taken from the second letter of Peter. The letter was written in response to some naysayers, and the author calls them false teachers, who were refuting the fact that Jesus was going to come again. The passage begins with a reference to what are called cleverly devised myths, and it's likely that this was the charge brought against St. Peter's teaching. According to them, teaching that Jesus was going to return was a cleverly devised myth. But the author refutes this by saying how we had been eyewitnesses of his majesty, and then recounts the transfiguration event. That unique declaration, this is my son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased, is meant as affirmation that Jesus has indeed received honor and glory from God the Father. Because of this, his message that he's coming back is altogether reliable. Therefore, in the words of the passage, we do well to be attentive to Jesus' message until day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. What is this morning star? Well, it's likely a reference to the rising of the planet Venus, which always appears just before daylight breaks into the night sky. The author of this letter wants to think of Jesus' message that he's coming back as something like how the morning star indicates that day isn't far behind. It would, of course, be a bit silly on the Feast of the Transfiguration not to have an account of the Transfiguration as our Gospel passage, and this year we hear from St. Matthew's version of the story. What makes St. Matthew's account of this Transfiguration unique is that, true to form with his Gospel as a whole, he emphasizes allusions to Moses receiving the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. Check out all the similarities to the two stories. 1. Just as with Moses, Jesus goes up on a mountain— Two, he brings a group of three, Peter, James, and John. Three, his body becomes radiant. Four, a bright cloud appears. Five, a voice speaks from that cloud. And then finally, six, 
Those who are nearby are struck with fear. All of these details are in common with Moses' experience on Mount Sinai, but there are some ways that they differ, too. For example, Moses was the recipient of revelation, while here Jesus is the revelation, and the disciples are the ones receiving it. Lastly, we wouldn't dare conclude without mentioning Peter's offer to build three tents. Some scholars believe it ties in with the Feast of Booths, known more literally as the Feast of Tents. But this doesn't seem likely, since if that feast was ongoing, why would Matthew tell a story about Jesus when he wasn't in Jerusalem for a feast? And furthermore, Matthew doesn't give any information in the story about what time of year it was. More likely, the three tents Peter offers to build were meant as something like commemorative structures to mark the occasion. Peter likely wants to mark the spot of this awesome event by building three tent shrines. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this Transfiguration Sunday in year A. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.